Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This episode is brought to you by Shit You Should Care About and our new Cisco supporters. Head to the show notes to start supporting the media you love and the podcast hosts you love. Welcome to The Shit Show. Was that funny or not? Was that shit? <laughs> Kia ora everyone and welcome back to another episode of your favourite news roundup. I have told you it's your favourite, you have not told me, I've just decided to say that. The shit show! I'm joined as usual by Squish. Squish, it feels like it's been a hot minute since we've done this, eh? I was going to say that, it feels like it's been forever since we've sat down on the mics, but it's good to be back. It is so good to be back. I think... Since we last spoke, I went on the news to be interviewed about (laughs) Harry Styles, and Harry Styles announced he's coming to New Zealand. I'm just trying to list off the big things that have happened. I do recall, Nick, you leaving a certain job. Yes, I quit my job. Well, I left my job. That was pretty big. Um, Coachella happened. Oh, Coachella did happen. Oh, and again, Harry Styles just slid the house down again. Coachella. Slate the house yeah. down. I did watch it for you, Liz. I did watch Aww, it. Oh, it was good, eh? I thought you might want to. I thought you might want to talk about it. So I, I did some research for once. God, it sounds like um, we're on culture vulture. <laughs> we're doing a bit of a crossover. Just saying, everyone, you should become a Cisco supporter just because Nick watched Coachella for you or for me. I think that's hmm. that's reason. I'm enough. putting in the hard yards. He is, Nick. Why did you quit your job? I remember us teasing that you were heading off somewhere. What's the tea? Where are you going? What are you doing? Um, yeah, so I quit my job to spend a couple of months traveling around California. So it's going to be exciting. I can't wait. Fun. If anyone has anything that you reckon Nick should do or see, he's been to California a few times, but you love it over there, eh? I do love it. If anybody has like a SUV they want to sell me, um, hit me up. Yo, <laughs> I love this. It's just becoming like, if anyone has anything for any reason of anything at all, just come to me at the Daily News. Please. <laughs> Please. <laughs> and I'll pass it on to Nick. Nick, actually, this kind of leads me into the weirdest thing I saw on the internet this week. It's not the weirdest thing, but it's the cutest. Well, it's like a funny story. I posted it in the newsletter today. I thought I would read it out. Okay. Um. So this is from newsletter reader Millie, who had some unwelcome guests in her garden. So Millie said, I just wanted to share a funny story with you guys involving the shit show that I got reminded of today. A couple of weeks ago, my flatmate announced to the group that the other day she saw some people sitting in the bushes on our property. She didn't want to confront them because they were talking quite loudly, so there was clearly more than one person. We all thought this was very odd and concerning and obviously just started asking more questions, wondering if we needed to call the landlord, the police, talk to the neighbours. We did some more probing. Which bushes were these? Front or back garden? What day was this? What time? And then I clicked. 
I've recently picked up gardening. Lol, who am I? Because my flat has a huge garden area and the landlord does very little to maintain it, so it's wildly overgrown. The past few weeks, I've been working on the far front corner, which is surrounded by trees and shrubs, so I kind of have to climb on in there. It was me sitting in the bushes, and the voices she heard were loose and squishy, talking about the weird things they've seen online that week. So obviously I need to get my flatmates to start listening to the podcast and then the Siska team are welcome to come and squat in our bushes and discuss the news anytime. Clearly my flatmate isn't going to do anything about anyone trespassing. So Nick, we were being played out loud in the bush somewhere and that's just so cute. That is really cute but also kind of concerning. I don't want to be up on charges for trespassing. <laughs> well, okay. I don't th- I think you're fine, bestie, unless you do decide to go over to Millie's house and sit in her front garden and talk about the news. Yeah, that got um, real creepy. <laughs> yeah, that got so creepy. Also, Nick, someone else um, today in the news that are as well, they talked about how they had spotted this uh, green fruit that they couldn't quite put their finger on what it was and they realised it was a fujoa and they oh, also nice. learnt about that. So look, don't say that we don't teach y'all anything. Not that you ever do say that. I'm sorry for even assuming. Nick, what was the weirdest thing you saw on the internet this week? So my weirdest thing, it feels like a little bit of a cop-out, but I think it must be, well, it's got to be Elon Musk buying Twitter, right? Yeah, this is the weirdest thing, like, in the world. And, and, the, and like, the media landscape, this is by far the weirdest thing. Yeah, and, like, it, it's quite fascinating as a commentator of these things to watch. Like, obviously... Bottom line, he has a lot of money that he could be putting in better things. Other bottom line, it shows that if you're sort of rich, you really just can buy whatever you want. Let's just get those two things out of the way so we can have a sort of a conversation. Going forward, we know that he could, what, like, forgive a whole lot of people's student loans or feed a lot of people. We know he could do that. He hasn't. He's bought Twitter. Nick, give me some details. Right, yeah, so... It all kind of, this all kind of started a couple of weeks ago, right? Like we reported on this in our last recorded podcast a couple of weeks ago. So it all started then when Elon mm-hmm. announced that he had purchased 9% of Twitter for around $3 billion, which although is like a ridiculous amount of money to us, it seems kind of reasonable for the richest person in the world to do. But anyway, 10 days later on the 14th of April, after rejecting a seat on the board of directors, Elon offered to buy the whole company uh, for $44 billion US dollars, which is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Like, that's such a lot of money. It's more than it's worth, eh? Well, I mean... It's more than it's even worth. What's anything worth at the end of the day, but... No, but I mean, like, it actually is more than, like... It's a premium price, right? He wants it. Yeah, so he's going to buy it at, like, around $54 a share, which is, like, a 30% premium on what the share price was when he started buying it. So, yeah, no, it was a a premium price. Um, The board wasn't stoked with that idea, and they tried their best to sort of prevent Elon from buying more shares, this thing called a poison pill approach. And after a week or so of meetings with the board and announcing $46 billion in funding, they finally agreed to let Elon take Twitter private at $54.20 a share. And and why $54.20 now? I don't know. Seems like a pretty good number. Oh, five, $54.20? <laughs> I just saw that there. <laughs> yeah, $4.20. Yeah. Did you only... God, so the whole thing is everyone, Elon fucking loves a 420 joke. He's like, like the internet's biggest, what do you call someone that's like 
extremely online, but I don't want to say that. Um, like Edgelord. Yes. He's like the internet's biggest Edgelord, and now he owns like what could be one of the internet's biggest fast-moving news sites, if you want to see it like that. And so it's just like, what has the world come to? But anyway... He could have paid $69 a share, but I think that probably would have been too expensive. Although probably funnier. Funnier? Too much of a premium price, right? Speaking of money, did he just whip out his credit card and buy it? Or like, how do you even buy a company like Twitter? Swiped it, swiped it, didn't work, put the chip in, didn't work, tried to pay wave, didn't work. So as we all know, like rich people's money isn't just in the bank account. It's um, in Elon Musk's case, it's mostly tied up in shares of Tesla and SpaceX. So he is using the bank to give him a bit of a helping hand. To fund the purchase of Twitter, Elon will get a cash loan of $13 billion from a few different banks led by Morgan Stanley, plus a $12.5 billion loan which uh, held against his Tesla stock. And the remaining $21 billion will be straight Elon cash. But we don't really know where he is getting it all from just yet. It's really funny because that's what people love to come, like, that's what people, especially Elon fans, come to his defense with. Like, when you say, like, you're a billionaire, you could literally end world hunger. And people are like, are you fucking stupid? As if he has all that money just sitting in the bank account. It's all tied up in X, Y, and Z. So it's like, that's... That's Elon's, um, Stan's biggest defense mechanism, really, isn't it? Yeah, but to be fair, I don't think a bank is going to give a loan on saving world hunger because from the bank's perspective, there isn't that much of a, like, it's hard to get a return on that. But anyway. Yeah, I'm not talking about the banks giving him a loan. I'm talking about how we all assume if you're a billionaire, then you've got it all cash in the bank. Like, if I'm yeah, a billionaire, yeah, yeah. He doesn't quite have a Scrooge McDuck pool that he's diving into. Do we into. know whether he bought it now and it's his? Or, like, what's the tea? Um, so, as with everything in the corporate world, deals as big as these take a fair bit of time and paperwork. The lawyers have to get their mitts on things. So, it's not clear exactly when Elon will get the keys to Twitter and his wee handies. But most analysts seem to think a deal like this could take anywhere from a few months. And some people are just saying later this year. So, And what do you think about the whole thing? I just hope he doesn't fuck it up. I really like Twitter, and I don't want there to be, like, come in with all these fancy new rules. Like, it works pretty well as it is, even though it, like, doesn't make any money at all. I mean, his main thing is free speech, right? Which is just, like, what even is free speech to a man that literally hates all the news media? Like, I'm I, his idea of free speech, I think, must be unique. Um, I also don't think, I think if he fucks it up, like, I would just enjoy to watch it. Because a lot of the people on Twitter are some, there are some terrible people on Twitter. And now I, I just am loving watching how they react to Elon Musk owning this product because they're nasty and then they're not happy with Elon owning it. And so it's like, well, where are you going to go to be nasty now, team? I kind of wonder about how many people on Twitter actually care, though. Like, how many people on Twitter really are on there to to be a bastion of free yes. speech and for it to be like this ideal town hall that he's talking about like most people go in there to like shit post memes and talk about k-pop right i think your usual like joe blogs me and you it's like we can sit and watch it because we don't take any of this internet stuff too seriously like i'm always cautiously cautiously optimistic and i love commentating on it but it's not my like life whereas some people all they have sort of going on is being in a mob on twitter hating bringing people down on twitter or on the other side of that if you're a journalist lots of people are promoting their work on twitter and things so so it's some people's it 
probably does matter to them, to me and you and the likes of the people, like we have a life outside of the web, I think it is just a fascinating thing to watch. Do you think Trump's going to be back? I, okay, this is something that everyone's, it's like a hot hot topic for everyone to talk about in conjunction mm-hmm. with Elon buying Twitter. And the thing is, it's like, Twitter, we're going to have to deal with the Trump problem, whether Elon came in and bought it or not. Like, Trump is either going to have to come back at some point or, like, never be allowed back. Twitter's going to have to make that decision at some point. I low-key reckon Elon coming on will make it easy. Like, he can almost be a scapegoat for all the... Like, all the suits can have a bit of a sigh of relief being like, well, if Trump comes back, it's Elon. Or if he gets banned forever, that was on Elon. So I think... that I mean, that was always something that they were going to have to worry about, whether Elon bought it Mm. or not. However, Trump himself has come on and said that he actually does not want to come back to Twitter. He's very happy with his social media platform that is tanking by the day called Truth Social. So Is there a um is there a Cisco Truth Social page? Should I be signing up to If you want to get the truth from Cisco, then you just sign up to the Daily Newsletter or listen to the shit show. <laughs> Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Uh-huh. Um, Jack Dorsey, who we all know, founded and was the CEO of Twitter for a long time. He had something to say about this. First, he tweeted the radio song, the Radiohead song, Everything in Its Right Place. And then he said, I love Twitter. Twitter is the closest thing we have to a global consciousness. The idea and service is all that matters to me, and I'll do whatever it takes to protect both. Twitter as a company has always been my sole issue and my biggest regret. It has been owned by Wall Street and the ad model. Taking it back from Wall Street is the correct first step. In principle, I don't believe anyone should own or run Twitter. It wants to be a public good at a protocol level, not a company. Solving for the problem of it being a company, however, Elon is the singular solution I trust. I trust his mission to extend the light of consciousness. Side note, I've been watching We Crashed, which is about WeWork, and they were obsessed with elevating the world's consciousness. And I'm sort of like, I'm sorry, can you just focus on the product you have? I mean, what does that mean, elevating yeah, the world's... Like, co- how is WeWork going to elevate... This is off topic, but how is WeWork going to elevate the world's... Co- it was mobile well, workstations, wasn't it? That's like literally... Well, it was like, you know, changing up the co-working situation and having beer on tap at 4pm every day. Nick, it wasn't elevating the world's consciousness. That was some woo-woo thing that Gwyneth Paltrow's cousin, who married Adam Newman, the founder of WeWork, put in their, like, manifesto. And mm. anyway, consciousness... Like, good to have a conscience to your business, but maybe, like, also just focus on the product. Anyway, last two tweets from Jack Dorsey. Elon's goal of creating a platform that is maximally trusted and broadly inclusive is the right one. This is also Paraga's goal, who's the current CEO, and why I chose him. Thank you both for getting the company out of an impossible situation. This is the right path. I believe it with all my heart. I'm so happy Twitter will continue to serve the public conversation around the world and into the stars. 
Meanwhile, Elon Musk was tweeting, like, some bullshit about Bill Gates and how to lose a boner fast and, like, photos. Like, I'm sorry. There's just a lot going on, which is why everyone, I think, we take a breath. We don't take it too seriously. We watch it. We commentate. But we just realize that if we don't want to be on Twitter, we do not need to be. The memes will be good, though, I hope. Out of it all. The memes will be good and... Good conversation for us. And, yeah, Nick, sometimes all you can do is laugh. Am I right? Exactly. Also, I can see a few really good jokes that you've written down here. Oh, look, it's just a couple of... Um, okay, th- some aren't jokes. They're not really jokes. Are they jokes? Oh. They're just kind of... Okay. <laughs> they're just kind of well, interesting tidbits. You've got some good one-liners here. Um, my favourite one is, is this all to shut down Elon Jet? <laughs> <laughs> Do you all remember when I was talking about Elon Jet and that little guy that was um, tracking all of Elon Musk's private jets? I mean, I'm sure there was a cheaper way to shut down Elon's jet, but... Nick, that's so funny. Hey, is this the time where Elon Gate, my favourite my favorite thing that I've thought of that I've never got to use properly, Elon Gate, is... Is, is applicable? Is that relevant now? Applicable? Doesn't there have to be some massive scandal for it to be a, like a gate, like Watergate, Elon Gate? Yeah, true. True. Anyway, Nick, you also said, are the new Twitter rules going to be called Musk Mandates? <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> that was pretty good. Oh, on that, did you see everyone in mid-air taking their masks off when mask um, masks on air travel was dropped? Um, I did. Just wear the mask. It's just easy. Just wear the mask. I'm going to wear mine when I'm on the plane, so... Yeah, you might have people on that flight that have compromised immune systems, and so they haven't chosen to be there with you maskless when they got on the flight. Yeah, you had to yeah exactly. They maybe could have made that decision later, but... Uh. Yeah, exactly. Well, actually, but is there a time when all planes are grounded? So here is an ad for us by us. I want to have a super quick chat to you all about Siska supporters. This is the new way that you can support what we do here at Shit You Should Care About. Because right now we're in a studio which costs money to hire with an audio engineer who we've got to pay. And every week we're researching, scripting and hosting this thing for you, all which takes time, resources and it costs money. You'll also notice that we're using valuable advertising space here, space which we often leave empty because we want to make sure that we're only partnering with the best and most vibey people. So for all of these reasons, we need your support to keep doing what we do. So please, if you have $1 or if you have $100, consider becoming a Cisco supporter so that we can keep doing this for you. The link is in the show notes. We love you so much. Bye. Speaking of planes, actually, I didn't even know. I didn't even know this was going to be a segue. But um, we have another news story from you about planes. Yes, we do. So, Red Bull crashed a plane trying to swap pilots in midair. Did you see any of the coverage around this, Luce, about Red Bull trying to swap pilots? I did not. As a stunt. As a stunt, yeah. So basically, the way that the stunt was meant to go was the two pilots, uh, Luke. Aitkins and Andy Farrington. Um, so they'll be flying along happily in their little custom Cessnas, 14,000 feet above the Arizona desert. Um, they'd put their planes into a nosedive. Since you can't see me, I'm putting my hand down like it's nose, nose like it's nose diving. Um, deploy like the air brake, like this big sort of flap, um, turn on custom autopilot and throw themselves out the side. Um, from there, they would... Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. 
two separate planes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Luke and Andy both had their own planes and parachutes. Oh, Nick, I was under the impression that it was just them swapping seats in one plane. Oh, no, 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 no. That's not much of a stunt okay, like I've done good. that on an airline flight. No. <laughs> like- <laughs> How do pilots? Yeah. Red Bull, Red Bull doesn't give me shit for that. Yeah, so they're they're full on swapping okay, planes. Carry on. Um, so they go down into a nosedive, jump out the side, and sort of fly over to the opposing plane as it's nosediving towards the ground. So pretty st- straightforward. Oh my god. Yeah. And yeah. I'm assuming it didn't. Go. But yeah, no, you're right. It didn't didn't go down all that well. It went down quite quickly, which was the issue. So moments after pulling into the dive and jumping out, Luke, the plane that Luke was flying um, began to spin out of control, meaning that Andy couldn't hop in it and fly it safely down. So it hit the deck pretty hard. Um, the FAA, which is basically the air police, had previously denied a request for like a safety exemption for the stunt, which the pilots ignored. So they could potentially be in some pretty deep shit. Oh. Um, even more trouble oh, probably dude. than you'd get in for crashing your, your mate's plane. Shit. So um, Red Bull did not give those planes wings. <laughs> <laughs> did not give them wings. <laughs> Sorry, that is just not good. Also, I'm assuming the pilots are fine because they have oh, parachutes. Yeah, yeah. So um, Luke managed to get into Andy's plane and fly it mm. down, um, whereas Andy gave up trying to chase mm-hmm. the plane down to the ground and... Uh, parachuted safely safely back. So that everything's okay apart from one of the planes, which is pretty squished. I was going to say, obviously it's lucky that the plane didn't hit some, like hit yeah. a popular popular area. A popular area. Um, are you trying to say the Arizona desert's not popular? <laughs> <laughs> well, it hit a cactus. That's still sad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I think that's why the FAA is all, I mean, it was over a desert, so there's not much shit there anyway. Yeah. But. Yeah, that's why the FAA is quite concerned about it, because, I mean, what if it decided just to fly away? And oh, well, true. <laughs> like, who knows where it could have gone? <laughs> who knows where that, like, fucking AWOL plane's gone? Shit. Exactly. Um, so, it could have flown to Egypt. Um, now, Lucy, you've got a story about Egypt. <laughs> oh, God, that was actually kind of a fucking good segue! Uh, thank you. Like I don't know. I feel um, very condescended. No, but that was actually... Good as. So, um, this story is not actually that lighthearted, um, contrary to what the Seguin might have suggested, but an Egyptian TikToker has been sentenced to three years in jail, Nick, for literally, like, giving advice. Um, The Cairo Criminal Court alliteration has claimed that it's human trafficking, that this Egyptian TikToker was doing. So I'm going to explain this to you. So in 2020, an Egyptian TikTok star, Hanin Hassam, she was arrested for telling like her fellow female followers, again, alliteration, to join TikTok. Um, she was sharing advice on how to monetize her content on social media, basically empowering her female followers to get on the platform and make some money. And then at that time, in 2020, she, and actually among a few other young women on the platform, she was found guilty by Cairo's economic court for violating family values and principles, just for being on TikTok and telling other women how to make some money. So under Article 25 of Egypt's cybercrime law, Egyptians are forbidden to use technology to, in quote marks, infringe on any family principles or values in Egyptian society. 
the government in Egypt views the internet as a border that requires full deterrence and protection to address a phenomenon abused by forces of evil seeking to destroy our society, demolish its values and principles, and steal its innocence and purity to push its youth and adults to the brink of destruction. Jesus. So they predicted Elon buying Twitter, the Egyptian government. (laughs) No. So this is actually really serious. So we've got these girls on TikTok, namely Hanin Hassam. Um, so they faced huge fines in 2020, um, the equivalent of 16,000 US dollars. But then in January of 2021, they were acquitted. But then, not long after she was acquitted, she was then officially charged with human trafficking because she was trying to get her followers to make money on TikTok or tell her followers how to. And then, Nick, after she was charged with human trafficking, she was sentenced to 10 years in prison. Holy shit. Which has since, after like going through like these past two years of fighting it, it's been cut to three years and the original fine has been brought back. Now, like this type of censorship isn't actually unusual in Egypt, which is fucking scary. It is getting worse. There was a cybercrime law that I just mentioned before passed in 2018. And since then, social media users have just been getting like fined or imprisoned. We know that I talk a lot lot about like freedom of the press and freedom of speech. Obviously, Egypt's online freedoms are not very modern. So honestly, I feel like, and this is not a hot take, if the Egyptian government is genuinely worrying about human trafficking, which they definitely should be. Like, focusing on young women on TikTok who are just trying to empower each other or make money or whatever, like, just probably isn't where they should be spending all their energy. But, I mean, they see the internet, Nick, as basically the root of the world's evil, it seems. Yeah, like, I mean... Sometimes I don't like the internet, but I wouldn't quite go that far. But man, like three years for sharing information about how to make money online, like that's fucking crazy. Well, it just, it it is crazy when you put it into perspective that like literally our jobs that we're doing right now, we probably couldn't do over in somewhere like Egypt, Egypt, where they have laws that like directly in one way or another, I mean, if they've managed to argue human trafficking for this young girl, then... Imagine what the fuck they could argue for us. The crimes against journalism, I think, for us. Literally. And to be honest, in any country, maybe we're committing crimes against <laughs> journalism. No, we're not. We're unique and we're changing the game. Nick, I think I need a good news story at the end of all of this. All right. Um, I don't really know if this is a good news story or not, but David Attenborough has gotten another award. Um, I feel like they're kind of making them up at this point. But anyway... Oh. Um, I think this one by far sounds the coolest. So anyway, the 95-year-old was named by the UN's Environment Program as Champion of the Earth. Oh, uh, <laughs> I am the Champion of the Earth. Yeah, like a little bit traumatic, right? To me, like the Champion of the Earth would mean like you're the best at everything ever. Um, but I guess me and the Environment Program have different ideas. Um, anyway, the prestigious award recognises his commitment to telling stories about the natural world and climate change. So good on you, David, Earth Champion Attenborough. Oh, that actually is a good news story. No, nah, but he is actually a legend, though. Oh, he's actually a fucking G. Like, go off, David Attenborough. 
He, uh, David Edinburgh, G and Earth Champion. Hell yeah. Do you have a comment of the week for me this week? I do, I do. Um, so on one of your posts about a mundane poll, uh, do you call this a cheese toasty, a toasted sandwich or a grilled cheese? And then you, a little picture of a cheese and bread, which is toasted. What do you say? Go on. I don't know. I'd say probably all of them. I'd, I mix between cheese toasty and toasted sandwich mostly. Grilled cheese in the third place. You do not. Yeah, you saying, I'd probably say all of them. You never once at home have called it a grilled cheese. I thought about it, though. No. I think at home we talk about toasted sandwiches, but my favourite is cheese toasty. Cheese toasty, yep. So anyway, my favourite comment is from Malcromars. Um, sorry if I've butchered that. I probably have. Um, her comment is, definitely grilled cheese, but cheese toasty is so cute. And it is. Oh, cheese toasty is cute. I had a toasty for lunch today, Liz. Cheese Yum. toast. From toasty? From toasty here in Picton, yeah. Yo. Shout out to Toasty and Picton. They make a fucking good cheese toast. I had the Ivan. It was really good. Oh, yum. Anyway, anyway, I like... Okay, anyway. This might be controversial, no, but I like um, a cheese and pineapple cheese toasty. Anyway, my comment of the week, um, it's under the <laughs> Moving tweet right along. that says, what if Elon buys Twitter and then rips off his face to reveal he is Mark Zuckerberg in disguise? And someone commented exactly what went through my head and they said, what in the Scooby-Doo? <laughs> You know, because like at it. the end of Scooby-Doo, it's like, and they pulled the mask off. <laughs> and it was Mark Zuckerberg all along. He oh would have gotten away God. with it if it weren't for meddling kids. <laughs> hey, remember that episode of The Simpsons where it's like, if I have to turn around one more time, we're going home. And then Bart leans out the window and slaps the guy. I do. How does that relate to anything we've talked about? <laughs> it doesn't. But I really want to know if anyone else knows the episode I'm talking about. Anyway, if you love our ramblings or if you don't love our ramblings and you want to pay us to shut up, you should come and be a Cisco supporter. We really need you. It keeps this shit like editorially independent. It means that we can keep making fun stuff for you. And honestly, it pays our bills and means that we can keep eating cheese and pineapple toasted sandwiches because they are the root of all sustenance for Cisco. <laughs> They're not. I made that up. Um, Squish, where can the people find you? They can find me uh, Find me in California. So, no, they can find me behind the keyboard of the Shit Show Instagram. Now that I've finished Vintage, I should be a little bit more active there, hopefully. Luce, I think they know where they can find you, but do you want to give them a reminder anyway? They can literally find me everywhere, mostly on the other end of the Siska Daily Newsy, Light of My Life. Um, come and talk to me there. Come and tell me where Nick should go in California and um, I'll forward them on to them if you don't seem like you're going to kidnap him. Please don't. <laughs> oh, and please keep sending through your um, cute stories about listening to the shit show and, and things like that. I Honestly, I live for that shit. She does forward them on to me. I know. It's so cute. Anyway, team, thanks for joining us for another week and look, we'll see you next week, Duff. See ya. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.